Welcome to the Horror Lab Autopsy, first in a series of shorter episodes in which we interview experts in the field about events that are currently impacting on the genre. I'm Steve Jones. And I'm Johnny Walker. Follow us on Twitter at the underscore Horror Lab. On the 6th of July this year, The Guardian published an article entitled How Post-Horror Movies Are Taking Over Cinema. In that article, Steve Rose claimed that a new sub-genre was being formed constituted by films such as It Comes at Night and A Ghost Story. He claimed that more than any other genre, quote, horror movies are governed by rules and codes, end quote, and that mainstream moviegoers had been disappointed by films such as It Comes at Night because, quote, they came out unsure about what they'd seen. The article generated much discussion on social media, particularly amongst horror bloggers and fans, who dismissed Rose's claim that what we were seeing is indicative of the end of the horror genre, as implied by the term post-horror. To help us unpick the term post-horror and some of the dissatisfaction surrounding the idea of post-horror being a new kind of sub-genre, we're going to be talking to Nia Edwards-Behi, who is the co-director of the Abattoir Film Festival and also writes for Warped Perspective. And in fact, Nia published an article also on the 6th of July entitled A Brief Response to Post-Horror about this very topic. So Nia, previously on the podcast we've had a number of discussions about genre and defining horror and the term post-horror certainly raises a number of those issues. So do you think what Rose identifies as being post-horror is truly representative of a unique shift within the genre or a new novel category of horror? Not really, at least in the way he put forward the argument. The way he describes them as being films that are concerned with the inner concerns of human psychology made me go, those are just horror films, though. His argument is just so weak in that regard that you just kind of go, you just didn't want to say that you liked some horror films, did you? I can see how this group of films he's talked about fit together, but that doesn't make them a new subgenre. They're just a moment in the horror genre. Nia, why do you think that article was written? It feels almost like it's an annual occurrence that you get something now that goes, look at these things that are better than horror. The year before last, you had Death Wave. And again, you have this ongoing thing of elevated genre, and that's not just horror. And they just seem to be these recurring moments. And I don't know if that's just a way of appealing to a broader audience, maybe, because a broad audience gets put off by the term horror. I think the dismissal of horror fan reactions to films like It Comes at Night was quite telling as well. You can't blame people for being disappointed about things when they've been marketed in a certain way towards them. It's an interesting point that you make about marketing, actually. I wonder to what extent does it reflect the way that these films Mm. have been sold to their audiences? The people that you seem to be talking about, the fan crowd, I guess the abattoir crowd, who go to abattoir or go to see horror films Mm. expecting horror films. Yeah, he talks about the distributor A24 in particular because they've put out a lot of these films Mm. and their marketing is very good. You get that auteurist thing coming in as well, where you'll have the director says this about the film. I think for me, there's a difference between promoting something that's not strictly horror and outright saying this is something different to horror. The fact that there isn't one term at the moment, the fact that you do get these repeated attempts to come up with new terms, people obviously aren't accepting what's being suggested to them as this new genre if you're going to use the idea of something as a genre to promote a film. I don't think post-horror will catch on. Death Wave certainly didn't catch on. 
I wonder to what extent a term like post-horror is an attempt to not only brand a set of films in a particular way, or a way of branding a director so that they aren't pigeonholed as being a horror director per se, but also an attempt to coin a term so a critic can make a name for themselves. Sometimes these terms are coined accidentally, as is in the case of torture porn, which the critic David Edelstein coined inadvertently because of his exasperation about having to review a particular kind of horror film that he didn't necessarily want to see. But on other occasions, these terms are coined with the intention of developing a new label. That kind of activity happens all the time within academia. So that certainly might be one of the motivations for writing an article in which one coins a new term such as post-horror. But that leads me to other questions about who gets to define what horror is and means. And this is something we've discussed previously on the podcast. In your view, is it critics who get to decide? Is it audiences? Or is horror defined by a set of conventions that typify the films that are dubbed as horror within a particular era? I think it's something that varies. Just to use Raw as an example, that was a film that a lot of horror festivals were playing. And then it became this tentpole March-April release, which seems to be a recurring thing as well. So the year before you had The Witch, the year before you had It Follows. Becoming this springtime, not quite horror, horror film that's been extremely hyped from horror festivals. Then being released not, you know, in every single cinema, it's still a relatively narrow major release. But publicity-wise, it's a wide release. It then becomes something that's not a genre film, it's not a horror film. So you kind of go, oh, because all these people who are watching this film at genre festivals seem to think it was a horror film. All the programmers for these horror festivals thought that it was at least genre in some capacity, if not strictly horror. At Abbotsford, several years ago now, we played a film called Ghost Graduation, and that actually won our highest audience voted film. And that was a Spanish high school comedy, but the kids were ghost so it's about a teacher he can see dead people and he starts work at this school and he realizes that there's this group of five teens who are haunting this school building he has to help them graduate basically in order for them to move on to the afterlife and it's a lovely film it is quite clearly primarily a comedy (laughs) but because it had ghosts in it and because it was such a good film we played it our audience loved it It, that obviously has a place for a horror audience because it's a horror audience watching it and they loved it Maybe when films become more the property of critics, they get to rebrand the film. Then I suppose once it's out there on general release or on DVD or VOD or whatever, then the audience is the one who's going to be more broadly responding. And then that's taken as a response to sometimes how a film has been either marketed or been claimed to be a particular type of film. A horror film's released, say, and then the meaning of that film is established once it's been released and the audience will respond to it, etc. The critics will respond to it and sort of categorise it with post-horror. It seems to be trying to achieve what is often done retrospectively when we look yeah. back on horror. Rose appears to be saying, no, these are post-horror films in anticipation of a new cycle. A moment ago, you were talking about festival audiences and responses. And I wonder, firstly, whether these films would have been better accepted as being straight horror if they'd have been released in the autumn, like around Halloween, rather than in the spring, because the context would prime audiences to expect to see and place emphasis on the horrific aspects of the text. And secondly, whether the same thing's true of festival audiences, because the context is one in which the films have been programmed and the festival audience trusts the programmers to program appropriately. And the audience might trust festival programmers in a way they don't necessarily trust marketers. Yeah, I think that's really right. That's the trouble with pieces like Steve Rose's piece, is that it's it's simplification of the factors that are involved in responding to genre, whatever that genre might be, or promoting a genre or programming a genre. It goes to show how complicated it actually is. 
if somebody who either was more knowledgeable in the first instance or who had done more research had made similar claims and made them a bit more compellingly, we'd be having a really different conversation, I think, about yeah. what post-horror is or what this group of films might represent. Given the conversation we've been having about genre and the term horror, I wonder how far we can push the label before it becomes so inclusive as to lose coherence. And one thing I'm thinking of here is that there was an interview I read some time ago I forget who was being interviewed. I'd like to say it's Stephen Mulhall, but apologies if I've got that wrong. I haven't been able to find the article since, in which the interviewee claims that of the films they see, the most horrific kind of films are musicals. And the interviewee's reasoning is that in the musical, people suddenly burst into spontaneous, synchronous movement, shared phrasing, harmony, and so forth. So in those films, they have a kind of collective connection that we don't have in real life. And horror arises out of a desire to achieve that kind of connection with other people, but being unable to do so. Now, do you think that kind of definition of horror or of being horrified goes a step too far? Do you think that to classify musicals as horror films, that isn't quite what the interviewee was doing in this case, but do you think the idea of classifying musicals as horror films simply because they horrify a particular audience damages the term horror itself, or damages the meaningfulness of a label such as horror? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'm as guilty as anyone of actually sometimes looking at film and going, that wasn't a horror film. But, you know, I don't write articles about it. But at the same time, I'm also really broad. So a few years back, the Shinya Sakamoto film Fires on the Plane, we were going to show that at Abattoir. It's a war film, and it is a horrific film, and we were going to show it in our horror festival. Now, it's not a inverted commas, traditional horror film. But it was so hellish and nightmarish. But then somebody else might have some other war film that they would consider to be that nightmarish depiction of war. Because horror is such a broad genre, I mean, that's why you have so many sub-genres in horror, is because it does so many different things. There is probably a place for these sorts of horror films that maybe on a personal level someone might turn to and say, well, I think this film that nobody else thinks is a horror film is actually a horror film because it scares me in some way or disturbs me in some way that maybe it doesn't do to other people. Post-horror suggests that, inverted commas, real horror has been, it's gone, it's ended, when it clearly hasn't, or should have ended. The term needs to place the films within the tradition they're clearly in. Rose summarised It Comes at Night Quite a few people I saw on Twitter going, he just described Night of the Living Dead. To then say that these films now that are about people or the internal psychological beings of people are somehow new or different. I don't see how that changes the history of what's already been done within the genre. Nia, thank you very much for being on The Horror Lab. If you have any comments or questions about this episode, please contact us on Twitter at the underscore horror lab. 